Welcome to a very special edition of Grumpy Old Ben's. On this episode, I sit down and have a chat with George Trombley from the Mark and George show. And then Sir Bembro shows up because he needed to fact check us because there's a lot of things we say that aren't necessarily true and we need our own personal Siri and that's Sir Ryan Bemrose. We're picking the conversation up just a little bit after it started. I had been telling George about one of a topic that I just covered on my Random Thoughts podcast about a black Major League Baseball player hurling the N-word at a white rival and the hilarity that ensued because of that. That's where this conversation starts, but it twists and turns through a whole bunch of really uh, interesting topics. At least I hope you find them interesting. So with that said, take it away, George. I was watching a guy talk about PewDiePie. It was a black guy talking about PewDiePie being racist, right? He was basically saying, look, PewDiePie's not racist. And he said something that, I, that I've said before that I think is really true. If you ever recorded the conversations of everyday people talking with their friends, the things that people say, the things that I say out of context are going to be the worst things ever because it's just funny. You say them because they're so wrong. It makes it funny. Right. But well, you if know you the hear it, the push, right. And you, and you push it with your friend and then you laugh at it. Cause it's like so horribly, it's so horrible to say this thing that you would never say it for real, but it's funny because you just said it. Right. But then if that got out, that's why I feel like this whole like, oh, you know, you said this when you were 20 years old or you said this on Twitter nine years ago. That That's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Well, there was a Major League Baseball player named, um, I don't remember his first name. Last name was Hater, Milwaukee Brewers pitcher. He posted something calling his buddies the N word in high school. And it, that, that resurfaced when he was in the All-Star game seven, eight years later. And Major League Baseball decided, or the Brewers, whoever it was, well, he needs sensitivity training. I'm like, really? For a tweet he made as a high school kid? I mean, it's like, it's nuts. But And also, what happened to freedom of speech? It's gone. and It's, it's, it's all gone. or nothing. It's it, not it, only yeah. gone, but it's one-sided. Because the, the other thing that happened, uh, Sir Bembrose is only partially correct, that you know, I see a lot of things through the guise of baseball. It just happens that there's a lot of stuff going on lately. A White Sox batter got hit by a pitch. Of course, he hit a home run in his first at-bat. So the second, and he threw his bat, and he kind of showboated a little. So the next time he came up, the pitcher plunked him with the ball 90-whatever miles an hour in the ass because that's what happens when you show a pitcher up, I guess. But the controversy happened when they start jawing at each other, and the batter got thrown out. It was, well, why? He just got hit. Well, it, the the insensitive language that was that was thrown out was the batter yelled at the pitcher, that he was a weak ass. <laughs> the interesting thing: the batter was black, the pitcher was white. So, a very interesting, you know, conundrum. Wait, 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 wait! Say that again now. The, the black guy called the white guy. An yes, he called him a weak ass, <laughs> and he was suspended for one game because of he used inappropriate language. That's hilarious. One, I did, you know, I do believe it's hilarious because of the way we're in the, in this world that we're in right now, where the terminology is, like you said, people are using things in different way. The, the weirdest, you know, not the weirdest, what kind of angered me was when the player from the White Sox, Tim Anderson, the black guy was talking about this, his response was, well, you know, that word's just a part of our culture, man. And it's like, really well, like saying motherfucker. Right. Which, you you're know, a like, weak ass motherfucker. 
that's exactly what his point was. But you can't use that excuse because if you're going to allow somebody and it has to go both ways, because if you're going to have an African-American guy that throws that word at a white guy and he's able to just go, you know, that's just part of my culture. That's just what I had growing up. You know, that's just part of who I am. Well, then every racist white guy could just say that. That's right. You can use the same excuse. I called him a cotton picker because that's what my grandpappy said. Right. So it's like, you can't use that excuse. It's like, you've got to do better. If you, you know, if that's otherwise somebody's going to use that same thing right back against you. It's like, I understand it's a part of your culture and that's fine. And I'm not offended by that language. A lot of people today obviously are offended by language. I'm not offended by language in any way, shape or form, because I do believe once you start trying to police that in any way, you're taking away the freedom of speech. And I said that back when bullying started, I was like, holy shit, this is the start of something bigger. This isn't about, you know, oh, we've got to protect our kids. It was about, this is going to come down to where you're not going to be able to say certain words or certain things. And we're getting closer and closer when you see like California. Well, oh, he called me or she called me by the wrong pronoun. Yeah. Well, one thing, one thing that uh, I really got from once I, I used to be so, you know, democratic and then I started watching different media and then I, I binge watched uh, Steven Crowder. One thing I really got from him was it's it's really all or nothing on the freedom of speech. If you're going to say that something can't be said, who is the judge of that? So who makes the decision that what you're saying is offensive and can't be said? Is it who's in power at the time? You know, and does it change every time someone changes power? So because you don't because you said something bad about me, does that become hate speech? I guess that the topic was actually hate speech, not uh, freedom of speech, but, uh, but that's, that's down that. That. yeah, that's going right down yeah. the same, the, that's right in that ballpark because that is, is either speech is okay or it's not. And you're right. If, if who decides which words are bad, which is why if you follow the net neutrality thing at all, Adam Curry was the guy that pointed this out because, you know, I don't go and read all this legislation. He does because he's a professional and he's like, if you notice in all of the net neutrality bills that are out there. And this is seemingly true because I've looked at a bunch of them afterwards. If you look at the wording, it's always legal content. So it's you start then questioning. It's like, well, what's not legal content? They're not just talking about, you know, child porn, which I understand is a problem online. And they're, they're, that is something that we need to look at and try to keep people that do these things. You know, they should be locked Wait, up. Wait, do you mean are, are they setting up to say that something has to be deemed legal and everything else is illegal? I would think so. And this could also mm. be like, well, what is legal content? This big push for fake news. I mean, in this this thing in Sri Lanka with the suicide bombings, the first right. thing their government did was shut down social media. Yeah, I saw that. It's like that is We would weird. never we would never do that in America though. I can't imagine us ever doing that in America. The outcry would be so tremendous. I would like to say I agree with you, but I think we're already seeing that in the fact that it's not the government isn't going to cut you off from Twitter, but Twitter itself is going to keep cut you off if they don't like what you're saying. And yeah. then the question becomes, who's I wonder what the Twitter? stats are on that, on how many people have been cut from Twitter, uh, from Twitter so far. It's hard to say. Uh, and it's, it's, we know that shadow banning exists, which I think is even worse than. Yeah. Cause you off. think you're, you think you're talking right. But yeah, I, I mean, wonder. that is, that is the problem with the shadow banning and all of that stuff. And I know you know, unless I'm just losing my mind, which is also possible, but other people have said the same thing. Like there's a, uh, 
the guy that was a Secret Service agent, Dan Bongino, or however you say his last name, he was a Secret Service agent in the Clinton White House, and he's a big conservative. And he's on Twitter, written books. He's got his own radio show and that. I am 99.999% sure that I was following him one day, and like a week later, I wasn't. And his account you think he's shadow banned? Well, he's still there, but I think that maybe sometimes they drop users off because normally, you know, if I follow George, I mean, I, I know I've made that decision. I've already followed you. I'm not looking, you know, if I don't see any posts from you in my timeline, I'm not going, oh, gee, somebody took George off my list. I'm going, ah, George is quiet today. Well, you know, this is the thing that a lot of people don't know. So take, for example, Facebook. And I didn't realize this until I started advertising on Facebook. We have, for example, 32,000 uh, or 33,000 likes for Korean from Zero. And if you would think that if you're following someone, that if you send out a message, all 32,000 people get it. But that's not the case. No, not anymore. They send it out to a very small group. And then they look at how many likes and comments happen. If there's good engagement, then they expand that group. But they never send to the entire 32,000. As a matter of fact... You have to purchase right. advertising to your own group of followers. And the logic I understand is, so if you have, it's the same thing with friends. If you have 300 friends and 300 friends are posting a couple of times a day, you can't get 600 things in your feed. That's ridiculous, right? It's overwhelming. So they choose the ones that are getting engagement, even amongst your friends to send to you. That's exactly what's happening with YouTube. That's probably exactly what's happening with Twitter. There's too much to send to what you're subscribed to. So they don't because it's noise. And I did this on Twitter probably 10 years ago because it was on a previous podcast. And I was talking about the fact that, you know, we had 800 or something followers at the time. And the the show we were doing was political. And you were were noticing you weren't getting any interaction from those people. So I, I did a very simple thing, which was, and I did this recently as well and didn't get much better results where I just put a thing out there that said, if you see this tweet, can you, you know, do one thing, either like it or, um, or make a comment that way. I'll know you saw it. That's all I want. I don't need anything else. And if you have a thousand followers and you ask somebody to do that simple thing, don't retweet. Cause then you may get a cascading effect, but just, you know, add, send me an email too. If you don't want to, if you think I'm just looking for, you know, Twitter clicks for some reason, set up an email address, but do one thing to let me know you saw this tweet. And if you've got for every thousand followers you have, I would guess getting even 10 people per thousand to respond to something like that is on the higher end. And that's, yeah, well, you know, on YouTube, I have uh, right now 117,000 subscribers but my videos maybe do three to five thousand so i'm really only getting a less than five percent people actually watching the videos well because your 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 channel is interesting in the fact that it's i may want to learn japanese at some time i found this guy and i want to remember where he is so and they're subscribe? not ready to jump into it so you can get a lot of followers who are like well i'm gonna one day i'm gonna do that well then you've got pewdiepie with 95 million now which is and he only gets maybe six million or so per video but that's a lot of eyeballs that is but he's still only getting roughly five to six percent right because there's so much content out there and like you said with you know that's why facebook is trying to limit it and the fact that they just want to separate you from your money going oh all those people that liked you you want to get them a message well there's a small there's a small fee for that yeah 
you know, there's just so much noise out there. Yeah, it's crazy to have to be able to boost within the people that said they like you. Yes. Well, the, and, and they the want most, to know more. And, you know, the thing that pisses me off the most about the Facebook system, just from a marketing standpoint, is if there's, you know, whoever your biggest competitor is, if there's somebody doing the same thing like you are with the Japanese stuff and you know you've got this number one competitor, he can send ads to the people that liked you. Yep. And, and that to me is, you know, as, as somebody that, you know, I, and I've I, done that, I've sent to uh, the bigger guy I've sent to his group because I know that they're the gr- type of a group that I could pull away from. Right. I could pull away from his users, you know, but how crazy is that? And I know I have a couple friends that own restaurants and obviously that that, that's a business that, you know, especially both of them are, uh, or two of them are pizza restaurants. So, you know, there's pizzerias everywhere here in Chicago. Every, you know, you could put in a five mile radius, find 20 pizza places, but you go, Hey, this is the guy that's just down the street. He's the one you're trying to pull business from. So basically what you end up doing is for every idiot that has, Hey, here's my pizza restaurant. Like me on Facebook. You're really just promoting competitors to try to steal your people because that's what's being used. Cause you're not normally wanting to spend money to advertise to your, you know, the people that already like you, you figure, well, they're already fans. I don't oh, need I to you're spend saying. Money. You're saying if you get into the system of Facebook, advertisement you basically say hey i'm here for you to be able to pull customers from yes interesting because that's all it is because i can go and say well, let's see i want somebody that liked george's japanese videos and is in the chicago area and you know advertise to them because i'm doing a local japanese class and i want them to come to mine i mean there's some really interesting things you can do with them with that data but what it comes down to is usually the businesses that are on there and asking people to like them, I think it's kind of anti, you know, counterproductive because that data can be used against them way more than it can be used for them. Interesting. Hadn't thought about that. I mean, that's the best way to cherry pick your competition's business because you could go, oh, somebody like them. Or if you're a band, you know, it comes up and you, you know, you have a new singer who, well, she sounds a lot like Taylor Swift. Well, advertise to Taylor Swift fans on Facebook. Yeah. It does balance the playing field though, doesn't it? It, well, that's the that's the beauty of the internet, and and the horrible thing is, as Sir Bemro says, with Sturgeon's Law, which was ninety percent of everything is crap, which we've up to uh, maybe ninety nine point nine percent in the internet age. You know, there. Are- well, that's how I think about human beings. I think most of your humans don't do anything on on this planet, but exist. They're trash for the most part, just doing nothing. Well, and, and, and people that create. I don't like calling people trash, but typically. I don't know what else to call people that are just doing nothing. Well, or people that are doing nothing, but things that are counterproductive, like all this and, you know, the fake news and all of these just hateful things that are, I mean, Twitter has turned into what started out as hey, this will be the town square where people can have good conversations about what's going on in the world has turned into, Oh, you like Trump? Fuck you. Or, oh, you like this guy? Screw you. Or this is what you think? Oh, you're wearing a MAGA hat? Well, you're horrible. And it goes both ways. I mean, there's there's no question about it, but it's it's turned into uh, just a huge echo chamber of people who don't know what they're talking about. And as we talked about earlier, what is real? You don't know. I mean, it's, it's really what yeah. it comes down to. And I've asked that question before. It's like, are there any journalists? Are there anybody that's doing the homework? That you can point to and go, this is the guy. If there's a question, if there's if something comes up and I don't know which side I should be on, 
where do you go find what is reality? Because the left says one thing, the right says another. They're com- they're not even. There's nothing overlapping anymore. Well, they're I'll com- tell you my 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 switch from being basically completely democratic and hating the Republicans to in the last election, I uh, the last uh, midterm, I voted straight Republican, which I hadn't done in probably since Bush, because I I, I guess I've been registered as Republican, but I've been identifying as Democrat for so long. And once I made that switch, I realized how easy it was. I was, my father used to tell me I was drinking the Kool-Aid and I was like, no, you're the one drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> but then once I moved over, I realized I was drinking the Kool-Aid and my opinions were basically just regurgitated opinions that I hadn't come up with on my own. And th- this is actually I, what I what I feel sometimes Mark is doing, although he claims he's not. I I worry sometimes that he sees something that matches his ide- ideology, and if he likes that person, he just takes it and runs with it, and doesn't apply even an ounce of critical thinking. Sometimes, not all the time, he does do research, and maybe I don't know enough about Mark to really make that claim. But I get that vibe sometimes in, when we're doing the show, and it makes me. It makes me become more combative than I probably should be. Well, it's it's confirmation um, bias. I mean, you 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 agree with yes. somebody on something, and then you. I mean, the real question then becomes: Do you start believing that you agree with them on everything? And it becomes a little easier. It's like if you if you're listening to whatever talking head is spewing news on TV or the radio, and you know the first few things you hear from them, you're like, "Well, I agree with that." You know, how far do you go down that rabbit hole? Right. They, it, Right. It doesn't make it because they said one thing that was true. And this is what I've been saying about Alex Jones. Yes. The, the gay frog thing was ridiculed and it was proven true. It doesn't mean everything he says is true because people are very complex. There's no black and white. It's a million shades of gray with people. And Alex Jones is entertainment. That's he is, you know, it's, I understand he hits it every once in a while but he's doing it to be entertaining all of the, you know, I knew people were in trouble when they start getting their news from the late night talk shows, you know, the Colbert's and stuff. It's like they're entertainers. Yeah. They're not journalists. You know, what's weird is I have, I, I, I cannot, I really don't like watching Colbert because he doesn't go deep enough. Whereas, uh, Dale, uh, John, uh, Stewart was so good at drawing me into a topic and uh, Colbert doesn't do it for me. Well, I just can't watch him. Well, yeah. Well, they, they, they're good. Like you said, a drink, you know, not only they want to pour the Kool-Aid for you to make it look good and, and then hand it over to you. And it's, you do, you know, it's really an interesting dichotomy. If you, if you want to try to get all sides of a story, if you were to sit down on whatever topic it is, and I know you like Rachel Maddow, I, you know, her delivery kind of annoys me, but if you go and listen to, <laughs> right, if you listen to her, her version of a story, I laugh. Yeah. And then you go listen to Sean Hannity's version, and then you go listen to Bill O'Reilly's version, and then you yeah. go listen to Glenn Beck's and Mark Levin's. There's, they're all going to be different. You have to hear Seth Meyers, so you have to add Seth Meyers to that. <laughs> so you get them all. You know, in it's the- funny. Uh, me and me and Mark, I actually had this idea. Uh, I was driving in the car I think, two days ago, and I called Mark and I said, "Listen, man, we got to do an offline production where we really we'll call it the Mark and George deep dive, where." Uh, and actually talked about maybe involving you in that too, where it's like a documentary on, we should talk about, because Mark really doesn't believe that the, the climate is changing. And I believe it is. But So what is real and how do we 
go down and how do we, which rabbit holes do we go down to maybe come to an understanding of what's really happening? Because I do believe there's an agenda on both sides. I do believe there are people that are manufacturing data and lying in order to make their company make more money, perhaps. Well, but there's also, caught. and they've been caught, but then there's also people on the other side that are caught lying about, uh, for example, the, are the tobacco companies innocent? They lied for years. Do right. we do we really believe that the richest companies on planet Earth, Exxon Mobil, and all of these large oil companies, that they're not going to defend their revenue stream with lies and hiding and obfuscation? I know as a book publisher, I would do it if I was making billions of dollars on a certain book, and people started claiming that my book was built on some false, erroneous information. You damn straight, I would defend it no matter what, which is exactly what I think is happening on both sides. So I want to take a deep dive where we actually play both sides. And, and, and the idea would be, we don't come to a consensus at the end, right? We just well, let yeah, it you stand. You know, and you there is that debate format where it's usually it's, it's more interesting too, if you go, okay, Mark, well, this is your side. So in this debate, we're switching sides and there's something to be said about looking at the data the other side is using. I, do, oh, I love that. I do love that. We should do that. You know, it would it would it would make for some interesting you know content. But as far as the global warming or you know, climate change, whatever you want to call it, I believe you're absolutely right. The climate is changing. The question becomes why? Because I believe the climate has been changing from hot to cold for thousands of years. Long well, that before. that evidence exists. And that's being ignored. The other evidence that seems to be ignored. I mean, the greatest scam in the world is if you could have figured out that we were entering a phase of warming, although everybody fucked up in the seventies. If you remember, they, there was a yeah, they had global cooling, right? So, and that was, so they fucked up, but they didn't know which way it was going. But if you knew that the planet was about to go into, this is, you know, kind of like playing Karnak, the old, you know, Johnny cash or Johnny, Carson. <laughs> Johnny Carson. Yeah. If you knew this was about to happen, think how you could, bamboozle everybody in the world to believing whatever data you threw at him because well the world's going to continue to warm watch i'm telling you why this is and this is how you know everybody that used to be the uh you know snake oil salesman back you know in the old days in the west and where you'd be like hey this is professor mark's miracle elixir and it'll cure this this and this well you were giving them all the data and they didn't know it was wrong the one thing with the climate change that I've yet to see, and if somebody ever had this data, I would like to see it. Nobody has ever included in any of this climate change data, the sun and where it is and the amount of activity on the sun at that particular time. Because I, I and like you say, people are trash. I think a lot of people are stupid to where if you went out and did a Steven Crowder thing and sent somebody with a microphone out on the street and said, where does the earth's heat come from? I bet you. There's a lot of people who don't know it's the sun. I you know it's funny because Mark, Mark was saying this, these exact points to me the other day. I'm aware that the, for example, cooling can happen based on uh, a certain amount of dark spots not being on the sun. A period of inactivity on the sun causes cooling of the of Earth. I'm aware of that, and that caused the that's what they think caused the mini ice age. Uh, the last mini ice age that we had. Well, and the orbits, because there are times where the sun is actually much further away. And so if you combine the difference of the sun's activity and where it is, if you're not including that into your data, 
I say it's completely bullshit because I mean, back you know, now everybody has LED lights, so this isn't as effective. But, you know, if you had an old hundred watt incandescent or or one of those 300 watt halogen bulbs, anybody that doesn't believe the sun is a big part of the heat of the earth, it's like have them keep moving their hand closer to that bulb until it's like an inch away. You yeah. go, what do you feel? Oh, that's hot. This is the problem, right? You know, people grab on one reason and that becomes their entire focus when something as complicated as the heat of a planet rotating around a sun. Yes. Around a star. It's not just, it's, it is the sun. It is the amount of sunlight that gets reflected back. It's the amount of sunlight that gets in. It's all of that. You do have to look at all of that. Well, the, the scary part of the science is when they're trying to sell you that CO2 is the main culprit. And I'm like, also go ask people, do you know what happens when you go, you're expelling CO2. Right. What? No, that can't be. And when we were growing up, certainly people know this. Certainly people know this. I don't think all of them do. And the the plants, the plants feed off of our CO2 and they excel oxygen. And we take that oxygen should be a good thing. Good thing for the plants, which remember when that was to the point I was just about to bring up because you're old enough as I am to remember the time to where the best thing you could do for the planet was plant more trees. I was going to say, I thought you were getting ready to say best thing you could do to your plant is talk to them. I <laughs> no, thought the that's planet, I'm sorry, not plants, but uh, the best <laughs> thing you could do for the planet. We're, we're planting more trees. You remember oh, there was so much like, you know, Hey, donate some money. We're planting tree, re- replanting the rainforest. Wait, but hang on. Wait, is that a bad thing? No. I think oh. that's an absolutely a good thing. And that, that makes sense that you're trying to keep a certain amount of balance of the things that we're cutting down, we're putting back out there, but how quickly did it go from, Oh, you know what? This global, this climate change thing, all we need to do is plant a few more trees. How did it go to, from that in our childhoods to, Oh my God, we have to change the way we do everything. You know, you know what I wish, I think if, if, if the climate debate was completely pure, let's say that it was, you know, let's, let's just assume Man is changing the climate because of CO2. Why are we building scrubbers everywhere? Just build CO2 scrubbers everywhere. We can out-tech this for sure. Yes. I really believe we could, but yet we're talking about just cutting down. How about we just, like recycling, in America, you know, we don't split up our garbage like they do in Japan, where it's like seven or eight, even in Korea, seven or eight different categories of trash. Uh, Plastic goes here and type two this here. And it's very... Uh, it's a very tedious process in America. We don't do that. At least in, in, in Nevada, we don't do that. We just put it in the recycling bin and at our recycling center, they separate it. We don't trust the people to do it. It's, it's not efficient to let the people do it. You should, we should have scrubbers, let people pollute, make the companies change their, their formula but then also put scrubbers out there. That, that's what should be happening. I don't think we should try to change personal behavior because it's not going to change. Well, right. And you, there has to be technology that can take CO2 and convert it to oxygen or whatever is good. I mean, that's, yeah, and if it's such a big problem, we would already be doing it, right? I would think. Well, the, the would data hope. when. Well, we have to assume we have to assume that people are smart. And well, I, again, watching that Magnitsky, I can't say the word, the Magnitsky Act and the way the government's got basically bamboozled into doing that based on one source of evidence leads me to believe that you well, know, yeah, maybe yeah. I'm, well, the, the maybe I'm other, now switching my position see, on the climate change. We're moving you over. Just like the, the woman with uh, that 
the company that was going to do all the medical tests on you too, that, you know, that was just, uh, you know, they found out that was all a bunch of bullshit too, after they took billions of dollars and, and seed money. But with, with the global climate change data, I remember everybody was pointing to the Al Gore was the main one pointing to the hockey stick of CO2 and somebody looked right. closer at it because they showed CO2 and they showed the, the temperatures going up. And Al Gore was using the science of, well, CO2 went up, ergo, the, that, that's why the temperatures went up, obviously. But when people really started looking closely at the data, they realized the temperature was preceding the CO2, which means CO2 could just be oh. a byproduct of the temperature of the planet getting warmer because, you know, the. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. That's interesting information that I've never heard. Oh, you never saw that? That was. One I of never the- heard that. You know, and which is why the problem with the media. But wow. think about that. So if the planet's getting warmer, of course, there's more water that's evaporating and that maybe that's putting more CO2 into the air. But it, the data seemed to show that it was possible that those two things were were missed. You know, they were. Uh, they were but the, there is the other thing that they say it's a feedback loop that one thing causes the other. And a runaway greenhouse effect is what turned Venus into what it is. According to the science, you're old enough to remember uh, when we all had to stop using aerosol deodorants because there was a hole in the ozone layer. Okay, now hang on now. Now you must have definitely been talking to Mark about this. No, because this is a case. Okay, (laughs) this is a case that I bring up. This is my case. By the way, if you want to cut this up and make a podcast, you freely can do that because I think we're touching on some good things here. So uh, I'll let you do what you want with this. Um, This is a case that I bring up that I say I in terms of supporting the fact that man can be affecting the environment because, and this here's how it goes. We opened up a hole in the ozone and then we banned chlorofluorohydrocarbons and then the hole started closing. So how is it possible that we could have done that, but we can't affect the global temperature of the earth by putting off too much methane gas from the cows and carbon dioxide from our uh, power production. Well, the question then comes back down to, do we really know what caused the hole in the ozone layer? And did our change really cause that effect? Which is the biggest problem with science on a global level is this. I mean, the one, I mean, I was not good in science at school. That's just right out in the open. But one thing I do remember on doing any kind of scientific experiment was you have to control every variable. And with something the size of the planet, that is impossible. That's again, this is doing the global climate change science and not taking the sun into correlation. You're just going, well, here's what the planet is and the, the temperature is going up, but we're, we're going to forget about the sun. Well, that's a part of the data. You can't not, you can't reproduce this without the sun. If you don't have the sun, we could put out 20 million times more CO2 than we are today. If the sun goes out, it's going to get cold very cold well we would welcome the co2 then wouldn't we because it would be keeping the heat in the planet <laughs> that would be the well f- short for short term yes but if the well uh, let's let's look at uh, mars just for a second which is pretty much a similar distance from the sun mars is in the goldilocks zone if i remember correctly but mars has very very cold temperatures because it doesn't have an atmosphere so the fact that the sun is beating on it doesn't actually warm it it is the atmosphere plus the sun makes it warm or cold on a planet which would mean if we mess with the balance of this atmosphere we could affect regardless of the sun right 
the sun is there. That's all. That's a constant, right? The only thing that's changing is the amount of CO2 in the air and the amount of sun and heat being reflected back into space. But the sun's not a constant because it's, it's sometimes further away and sometimes burning brighter and burning hot. Well, but that's why we have winter and, and uh, summer. And if remind me if I'm, I feel like I remember learning the sun is actually closer during winter. Actually, that makes no sense because it's not winter on the planet equally. Right. So, mm. I mean, it's, but it's, you have to know what every bit of that data is to be able to make, a, you know, to, you have to have a correlation between everything to say, this is for sure what's causing this. Because if we go back, you'll still occasionally see things like the high okay. for this date in, you know, 18, whatever it, was still higher than it was today. Or you'll see, you know, it's, we've had periods of getting hotter. We've had periods of getting colder. I'm not saying that there's not necessarily any, uh, change at all happening because of the things that man is doing. But the question becomes what amount and can you, can you prove? Yes. What if the real problem is we are heating up? I have to break in for a moment. I I really should have left the channel instead of leaving it on because I'm sitting here listening to this. And first of all, Mars is about 60% farther from the sun than earth, which means it gets less than half the amount of. Okay. This is good information. Uh, And secondly, uh, it it is the earth is closer to the sun barely uh when it is winter in the northern hemisphere there which means the southern hemisphere gets more extreme seasons because it's closer in the summer and farther in the winter and the northern hemisphere gets milder seasons because it's closer in the winter and farther in the summer there we go and now you see why I do a podcast with Sir Bemrose because go, go it's ahead like and doing continue it with your misinformation now can we it's just like, can it's we like doing it with we Siri. should do we should do the Darren and, and George podcast and then backed up by Sir, like powered by Sir Bemrose. Uh, just, yeah, you just, are. just do your, do your thing talking. And then every once in a while, you'll have some third voice appear on Fact that. Check. Okay, guys, here's where you're wrong. And I've got to set this straight because I can't listen to this anymore. So, I, I mean, you it sounds funny, knowledge. but this actually would be interesting. So we just talk and then every once in a while, somebody breaks in and tells us I'm wrong, which is exactly yeah. what Sir Bemrose likes to do. <laughs> It's my only superpower. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But that is where the climate change, you know, gets me, which is you can't, you go to these scientists who's like, well, there's no doubt that man is causing this change. And you go, okay, well, what percentage? And they go, what what, what, what does that matter? See, I think you're hitting a point. We're contributing to it. But let's say that we took away all of our contributing factors. It's not going to stop it. It's probably the real truth. It's I just going to be a little bit slower, maybe. You know, it's like, uh, whoop, damn it, I had a good comparison in my head right now, but uh, I can't remember it now, so keep going. It's okay. I, I won't yell at you like some of your co-hosts might. The thing about the interaction with me and Mark is that I just get, in, I, I just get, I was going to say incensed, but not incensed, but he's saying things that I disagree with too much to not pipe in. It's so off the wall for me sometimes, and then I feel that Mark is just going down, and he hates when I say the word conspiracy, but... He does believe in a global conspiracy and many, many conspiracies, whereas my view of the world tends to be people generally aren't doing that. Yeah. Are there conspiracies? Absolutely. Are there people that get together to try to change things uh, for their own benefit? I think that's the case, but that would be discounting everybody that isn't that way. And there are people in power that aren't that way. And there is a checks and there is a check and balance. Not every country is one way. Not every a uh, municipality is run the same way. So right. I, I don't know. I generally feel, feel people are good. 
if it wasn't, we wouldn't have a, we'd be, there'd be a lot more rapes, for example, in this city alone than I'm in. Right. Well, well, I have a different thought in that most people I think are good until they get into government and then they are not. <laughs> I said that. Yeah, I agree with this. I've, I, I've always said, if I'm president, you're damn straight. I'm going to have uh, some controversy and some uh, scandals. You know, you're damn straight. I would. It's, it's the power. It's the fact that all of a sudden, you know, whether it's you're getting bribes or whether it's you feel like you're above the law, because in a lot of you know cases that you are, you know, I think it changes the mindset, which is probably a, a reason why term limits should be a good thing. I also believe that um, anything short of president should not be a lifetime job, meaning uh, I'm fine with the president getting a yearly salary for the rest of his life because you're always going to be a target no matter what. And you're going to yeah. need security and, and you're giving yeah. up a, a, a decent portion of your life to, to do the, you know, to have that job. But for the people that are in the house and Senate, the fact that they get paid for life, even if they only serve one term, I'm okay nuts. with that though, too. I'm okay with that too, because it, you're, there's so much pressure to be the representative of a state. You know, you really, even, even congressmen and, and uh, senators, they really do open themselves up to a lot. Well, I think I'm okay with do, that. If you do one job for four to six years and then never do that job again, there's a no, way like copyright, Sir Ben Rosalia. I get it. I get it. Well, the, copyright. The, because the incentives I, are all wrong. The, the people who are currently taking these positions are not doing it for a salary. They're not doing it for a salary for life. Uh, if if they're doing it for money at all, they're doing it because uh, of the insider trading, which is going to get them 20 times more than any salary they'll ever get. Or they're doing it for the lobbyist dollars, which are going to be 20 times more than what the federal government. Yes, that's the key point. And I think I think the one problem I have with our political system is you shouldn't be able to be reelected. I just make it a longer term and then don't have the and reelection then, because and, how much pandering do limits, enforce term limits with capital punishment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at what, look at how many of the, for example, look, just look at the Republican side when they, when they're not faced with reelection, they go anti-Trump a lot of time. They start fighting against the grain. They start saying things that sound reasonable instead of totally <laughs> fall. You don't agree with me on that? Well, I, I did, using the phrase reasonable and any kind of elected official in the same. How about more, more reasonable? For example, McCain voted against the, the, the destroy Obamacare health bill, right? How, how about uh, they are being more honest with themselves? I'll go with that. I'll go with not, that. They're not jumping on the party line. I'll go with they that. They are still Washington insiders. And for that reason, I think that they all need to meet the firing squad, but- I, that might not be a popular opinion. You sound like my it also father. Might, might not be my opinion, but what? You sound like my father. Well, my father does this thing where he said, you know, he he might have a coherent argument, but then he says something over the top that just makes me <laughs> think, okay, Dad. That's yes, we should out. kill. We should kill them all. Yes, okay. Uh, well, yes. okay. So you you want my coherent argument? Um, the every single one of them 
that is in with the parties and in, you know, the, that isn't embroiled in controversy is because they're keeping their head down and towing the party line. And I very much disagree with the party line because Republicans and Democrats generally agree on every topic that I think that they're wrong on war, government spending, things like that. So if they're towing the party line, then they're a Washington insider. If they're a Washington insider, they're voting things that affect me badly and therefore i think they should have to be or they should be leaving office i think it says a lot that both obama and trump are still fighting a war in afghanistan and they no one has been able to leave that war well there's too much money in it yeah it says something that someone you know trump and obama have such a opposing views at least publicly <laughs> all, the, <laughs> right? all the views that get well that's that's the difference between the republicans and democrats is that the five percent of issues that they disagree on are the only thing you ever see media about so if you are taking from mainstream abortion. media what, what your opinions should be gay rights abortion, abortion affects you know, 1.01 percent of people and no men at all i mean it's it's no, no, such no, it a tiny uh, wait, 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 wait. issue. It affects men. It is such. It does. It's wait, never affected me. I've never, never had an abortion. A woman, you've never gotten a woman pregnant who wanted to keep the baby when you didn't want the baby. No, I haven't. I'm not. No, exactly. I'm not stupid. Exactly. So and this is this is the thing. Is I'm anti-abortion unless I need to have okay. an abortion. Does that make sense? I'm anti-abortion for everybody but myself, and that's okay. my honest opinion. I, that's that's fine you're free to have your honest opinion and that's that's an opinion but uh, abortion uh, is number 743 on the list of issues that actually impact america i agree i agree and, that it, it generally it's won't impact blown, it's you. blown out of proportion i agree same it, thing with every, gay rights same thing with uh, several, uh, th same thing with yeah. black rights. I mean, shit, it doesn't affect me. In, so in black general, people if, shouldn't be, if have any rights. Difference right? between the Republicans, if it's a difference between the Republicans and Democrats that the mainstream media is talking about, there's a very good chance it's blown out of proportion because this isn't some kind of, of uh, elitist conspiracy. This is straight up economics. If your job is to get eyeballs, you want to make interesting stories and places where the left and right all agree, like whether or not we should spend a whole lot of money on social programs is not very interesting because they're agreeing. Uh, you want to highlight controversy. The controversy is the tiny little unimportant issue where they vehemently and violently disagree in the, you know, 147 cases that have ever occurred since 1900. And, oh my God, they agree and they agree on moral issues and religious issues. And suddenly now that's the big thing. And that's the thing that people define their platforms by. And it doesn't fucking matter because we're still wasting trillions of dollars to go kill brown people in sand. Yes. And nobody gives a shit because both parties agree. That's a good idea. Right. And if we could stop these fucking wars and actually use that money to, I don't know, explore space. Uh, God damn it. You guys got me lives. triggered. I wasn't even supposed to be in this conversation. <laughs> George wants to send brown people to space. I agree. <laughs> I agree, though. I mean, the, I, I think I, I look at what, how NASA and our, uh, our race to the moon changed the world in That's, such a positive way. But yet we don't see the benefits a, a of that. Why don't, why don't we see the benefits of that today? 
Why aren't we understanding how important it is to explore our galaxy or explore the oceans? Why are we spending well, all this money? If if you believe Adam Curry, we've never been to the moon. Really? <laughs> oh, have you now decided he's a crackpot? I didn't. Re- does that I didn't, change? Wait. Does that change your opinion of him? I haven't listened enough to know. Honestly, I've heard maybe four episodes of this show. Uh, and I like. Everybody, like if, if you're a thinking person at all, everybody has that one thing where you're like, yeah, I believe this and it doesn't matter that anybody else doesn't. And Adam's very public about it and, you know, his, or at least one of them. Here's is, what I think. He doesn't that. think that the moon landing happened. So if the moon landing didn't happen, you know, other countries that have uh, been to the moon have, have circled the moon with a satellite like China. They would call us out on that. It would be so beneficial to prove that America never went to take us off of our pedestal. There's so much incentive to prove that we didn't go that. I, I don't think that it's possible that we didn't go. Does that make sense? Cause we would have already been found out. Hey, that makes sense to me. I don't know about Sir Bemrose, but yes, I, think- I, I, I don't know. Uh, I have never personally been to the moon or met anybody who claims to have been to the moon and I don't have any direct evidence that it's happened. So it's, it's one of those life's mysteries that I'm okay. Not knowing. Well, we also don't know. We actually haven't proven gravity, but you know, it, it exists. I have a lot of personal experience with gravity. Sometimes (laughs) if you drop a cat, it will go in one direction (laughs) or so I've been told. But if, if I drop a cat, it'll dig its claws into my nutsack. <laughs> well, it doesn't want to fall. <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't change that feline nature. But is there a difference then between the moon landing, climate change, all of these things where there's various viewpoints and we all have a problem figuring out? There, there, the there, is, there is a difference. Well, with the two examples you gave, there is a difference. Well, one and that is that we don't have freshman congressmen right now trying to put forth bad legislation that will destroy the economy because of the moon landing. Well, that's true. And, and a lot of that is, which is the one that you want to talk about something both parties agree on. It's spend because uh, it used to be that that was the difference between the Democrats and the Republicans was the Republicans were like, Hey, we don't want to spend any money. You guys, your, your budget's fucking crazy. And the Democrats were the ones that wanted to spend, spend, spend. Allegedly the Republicans wanted to pull back. And now both parties just want to spend like monkeys drunk on leave. I don't know. Uh, okay. Well, this is turning into the longest Darren and George show ever. It is right off it's the, the bat. longest and the, and the first, you know, we, we mentioned Mark and George in the last, in the last grumpy old men's and uh, sex robots came up and, and Sir Bemro said, well, Taylor Swift is your sex robot. I'm like, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm like, can, can somebody produce that product? But uh, I, I mean, I don't mean to harp on this, but I definitely would like a sex robot. I, this turned into a hell of a long conversation. I was, I got up and I was like, oh, I, I'm early today. I can do some things. And then I didn't do anything. And then I the day ran eaten. away. Yeah, but it was a lot of fun. And I think we should do it again. I like it. So thanks for hanging out with us, George, here on this very impromptu edition of Grumpy Old Ben's. I am Darren O'Neill. And I'm George Trombley, and this is What is Real. And this is Dame Bemrose giving my seal of approval to this podcast. From an undisclosed location on the left coast of the U.S., I'm Dame Bemrose, I mean, Sir Bemrose. (laughs) And you're listening to What is Real Podcast, a subsidiary of Grumpy Old Ben's.